And G.I. Joe want to find out where the bubbles was coming from. Standing on the bottom of the ocean, so he started to venture into the cave from whence they came. And G.I. Joe got stuck, and G.I. Joe got stuck in the water. And my big brother was sitting in the other end of the tub and shit, and made it made a shit in the tub. He wanted to add some excitement to the game and shit, because he took out the gun. G.I. Joe then, he said, and then a big brown shark came. <laughs> I jumped up and said, ah! Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, because it's a very good It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. Hey, Rambo, we got a special guest in the studio, Joe Kelly. We do. Joe, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his new... What uh, are you doing to Joe? That's his radio <laughs> voice. <laughs> nah, dude, I think he's, he's lost his voice. He, you know, I, th- I find it no coincidence that Joe came to uh, L.A. for Gay Pride Weekend. And he lost his voice just from partying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always found out that cum is actually a fruit soother. Well, it's not working in this case. Well, he's obviously no, swallowing the comb of a different orifice. <laughs> well, maybe, but I mean, I don't know. Does, if you do like two gallons of cum, does it still soothe your throat? Or is it like smaller amounts? Well, Rod Stewart have to, had to have his stomach pumped. So be he careful. did. So did Bon Jovi. So, didn't the, so did, uh, I thought they said like David Bowie did too or something. Didn't David Bowie? Oh, David like... Bowie can handle his cum. What are you talking <laughs> I th- I about? I thought David Bowie had to get his stomach pumped. <laughs> he swallowed so much of Iggy Pop's cum and nothing happened to him. Please. I don't know. I thought, I thought so. Well, uh, anyway, it's good to see you there, JoJo. Good to be here. He's, yeah. Good to be here. He's very excited about <laughs> being on, uh, on the show. Um, we got loaded last night at the Rainbow. Very dismal night at the Rainbow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was like, I mean... Yeah, just weirdos. Uh, we get into it in the second show, but this guy was obsessed with me, thinking I looked like Vincent Gallo. Followed me around the bar. You do though, but Vincent Gallo is like six. The only difference between you two is Vincent Gallo is like six four, and he has like you know loads of money. You know, the most interesting thing about Vincent Gallo is that his sperm is still up for sale on his website. Still, it's still up for sale. Still, is it? nobody has bought know, his sperm has yet. Has anyone ever bought it? No one's if even... I had a million and fuck it was it's like, like really drunk one night, I might. Isn't it like 50K? No, oh, it's like a million. 50... It's a million dollars to buy a sperm. In what, a vial or something? I don't know. But I mean, it doesn't stay. Sp- it only, it's only sperm for like how long? <laughs> what, have, you, have you You're, the, it? you're the expert it's, here. Jim. Yeah, but it's something you probably buy in like. It a... only tastes <laughs> the best. <laughs> 
you know, in the first couple of minutes. But I thought you keep, don't you keep it in like vacuum sealed containers you just have in your house? That's maybe probably what you do. <laughs> in your smoothies. Yeah, I like to drink that right away. You know, people hoard things. I know Joe, yeah, everyone has their own hoarding thing to hoard, you know? It's That's like true. To each their own. That's why um, I got a nice, comple- the nice complexion. It's like the pearl, oh, pearl, yeah, yeah. No, pearl, it's pearl good. cream. It's, it's good for your skin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we, we talk about that on, uh, on the second show and it was funny too, cause when we were walking back, there were like all these gay dudes out and about and I oh, didn't yeah. even, I know I live in West Hollywood, so I just kind of assumed it was normal, but I had no idea it's pride weekend. Remember that guy, the weird shirtless guy, we were walking <laughs> and there was this uh, car that this like convertible drove by and it was like a car with like, I don't know, three or four guys and then like three girls and the guy was like, yo, what the fuck? Get those girls out of there. Let's party. <laughs> and then we go like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt really awkward. The whole Get car just slags the out whole, the car. The whole car is just like. <laughs> just Did you two scoot home, but on your separate scooters, hold hands? Not separate. Same, same. Uh, one scooter. Here's the big scoot and here's the little scoot. Oh, obviously Joe's taller. Yeah. But he lets me steer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Joe, as you can tell, Kate is back in the UK. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bummer. Bummer. I know. How, how was the yeah. uh, the flight back? You know, like my bed isn't even cold and JoJo's here. Uh, <laughs> I know. JoJo's Has already left here. Dude, she gone. <laughs> no, he texted me. He's like, she gone? All right, I'm coming down. All right. <laughs> Let's go, quote unquote, fishing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but, you know, you had a good good trip here. Last weekend, uh, Kate got to check out Long Beach, which you yeah. fell in love with Long Beach. Can I say, uh, Long Beach actually has two of my favorite memories from the trip, which was um, blasting uh, Dr. Dre's chronic. With the two of the whitest people in a Honda Prius, <laughs> a Toyota <laughs> Prius, sorry, a Toyota Prius, and then um, the two parrots. Oh, I forgot I'm about that. I've seen Fear as well. Fear was great, yep. but I kind of think the parrots <laughs> talk Fear. <laughs> Me. The, the, that was kind of funny. There's like there was like an actual parrot, just wild, in the, in a tree. Two. two of them. Yeah, yeah. Two parrots. Like, yeah, Jojo cares tree. about my fucking parrots. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we we didn't get uh, we didn't get you know a cap blasted into us for uh, for blaring um, with, uh, what was it? Let's get high, off I think a Chronic Two. Um, it, all the but, sexy uh, songs. Nice too. jam, but yeah, we About went down to um, we went to Alex's bar to check out Fear, the 40th anniversary of the record. Um, we get we get into detail on that on uh, on uh, how was, how was that bar? I've never been there. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking great, awesome it's bar. Spot. It's just a shame it's in fucking Long Beach. Yeah. And it's also it's the area that it's in kind of sucks. Like you're in, uh, like there's nowhere to go. We tried to, we tried to find a bar, and we couldn't really find any bars. Let's take D. Long Beach sucks. Yeah, there's I'm no not a redeeming fan. qualities to Long Beach, apart from maybe a couple of pirates and some good, good, good record shopping. There's good record shopping in Long Beach, yeah, and some vintage vintage stores. But uh, well, but Alex's very bar, esque vintage stores. Yeah, yeah, uh, but Alex's bar is a fun place. It was kind of cool, and fear fear was cool. We we go into check out second show. We talk about it. But what I wanted to bring up on this show, mm-hmm. uh, which relates to our topic, was the reprehensible grave desecration that occurred beforehand on our way to Long Beach at the Holy Cross Cemetery. I got to say it was repugnant, Joe. 
It was. And I still haven't fully recovered from Kate's actions that day. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. And the worst, the worst part about it was I was forced to be complicit. You took the pictures. I was forced to. I had no choice. Fuck you were that. the one going, looking great, babe. Yeah. Snap. I was just Do like, this you... way, babe. okay, if, if, if memory, if, if I recall correctly, <laughs> memory serves me. I said, do you think we should be doing this? Like, I'm having a moral quandary here. And you're just like, take the fucking picture. Yeah, pussy. Yeah, pussy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. And I took a picture. And so the picture I took was Kate Rambo, like draped over Sharon Tate's grave, wearing a helter skelter shirt. I believe your legs were spread open. <laughs> it was very offensive and i remember kind of being shocked but then you posted it online what was the reaction okay well, I actually, also holding I'm the knife surprised. was yeah. the knife necessary mm-hmm. i was holding a bloody knife right. <laughs> and a little picture of charles munson with a kiss on it yeah. i actually posted it in scott michael's secret group which is called death hugs and anyone who knows scott michael's and has ever read his blog knows that he maybe isn't the most respectful to the dead, but hey, that's why I like him. He doesn't give a fuck. He sells pieces of Sharon Tate's fireplace for profit, right? That, that's the type of guy Scott Michaels is. That guy does him. have a hell of collection, hell of a collection murder of Fuck yeah, yeah. I I want it. So it's the perfect type of group. Half and then this man, this gentle man, this man who is no friend of mine, chimes in and says that what I was doing was very disrespectful, and it was no less than grave desecration grave desecration i agree, completely For lounging agree with this guy. across a dead woman's grave this is also the same scott michaels who said that sharon tate is only famous for two things being beautiful and being murdered because she wasn't a good actress everyone likes to pretend what they want sharon tate was not a good actress was she a model she before acting yeah she is a so, model she was yeah. a model but like whatever she was going to have her baby and she just would have disappeared she only got famous because she got brutally murdered and married to roman polanski i imagine that's part of it but anyway that guy wasn't the only guy who criticized your uh, repugnant actions here um there's like three or four other people a couple women there was a couple of old pearl clutching women i haven't posted we also went to eddie bunker's grave in hollywood forever and there, on his grave, I was very much legs akimbo, and I'm going to post those pictures in that group this week and see how they react. They only care because it's Sharon Tate. We know we we also saw at uh, Holy Cross, which I gotta say was an underwhelming cemetery. It's kind of like, first of all, it's vast. It's spread out, and it's they don't have like gravestones. It's like what are those called? Like plots, like little markers or something. They're just plaques. Yeah, plaques. Like, plaques. like in the ground. So it's fucking hard to find someone's grave. Yeah. So we walked around for like thirty minutes trying to find fucking Sharon Tate. You know? Yeah, no, no, we didn't look for that long because we found Bella Lugosi first. And then you, you found Rita Hayworth. You basically just took a dump on it. More or less. <laughs> she more or less did. Yeah. You're like the a Charlie man. It, yeah. You're yeah. like a homeless guy just taking a dump. It was a metaphorical dump. She pulled an Amber Heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. an Amber Heard. Yeah. And, uh, and Sharon's grave was Johnny Depp's bed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I was disgusted. And, and I almost signed up for that group just to, so I could put in my two cents about how horrible it was. I'm still well, you were complicit. Shame. You're an accomplice. <laughs> it, it was shameful. Yeah, you know, the uh, what's that? What's that? The, the Handmaid's Tale? Where the, she, ring, she rings <laughs> the bell. Shame. Shame. Ding, 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 ding. Shame. Shame. <laughs> uh, who else was there? Yeah, Bella Lugosi's grave. Uh, and then we, we did spend 30 minutes trying to find Darby Crash. 
And it wasn't worth it because no. that fucking junkie cunt would never have spent any time looking for us. We're going to go back though because I want to see John Candy's grave because I love John Candy. I can't even imagine. Oh, I can't there? fathom what you're going to do to John Candy's grave. Uh, I will lick and kiss John Candy's grave. Uh. He would like that. Yeah, it's going to be despicable. Well, case despicable actions remind me of a Russian man who could be your doppelganger. Is a man who also desecrated graves, a man who's a self-proclaimed expert on cemeteries, um, a history scholar, Same. much like you, and a hoarder. Now, not <laughs> of porcelain zoo animals in true crime books. Um, instead, uh, Anatoly Moskvin was a hoarder of mummified bodies of uh, girls, 29 girls, between the ages of 3 and 25 that he considered his doll collection uh, before he was committed to an institution for uh, schizophrenia. Um, yeah, very similar to Kate Rampart. I think Kate's desecration of Sharon Tate's grave is a stepping stone. Yeah, watch me in 20 years' time. I'll have all these dolls. They'll just be dudes. It's going to be your mummified like celebrity corpses that you pulled up and like wrapped in plastic or something. It's going to be great. And I'm going to just have to deal with it. Like I'm not going to be able to say that. I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'll have to live with it. Yeah. And when people come over and like, what's the smell? I'm like, Kate's collection. collection. Yeah. Celebrities. Dead, dead mummified celebrities. Anyway, before we get into the Lord of the Mummies, I just want to thank all the patrons out there that support the show. And uh, to all the new patrons who just signed up, we adore you. And uh, reach out. Hit us up if you have any trouble finding uh, the archives or any other shit that we post. And we have a lot. We, we have a lot. There's like 700 posts on there. So, uh, you know, if you, if you can't find something, hit us up and we'll help you out. Um, but thank you. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. We do appreciate you keeping that sick and wrong. So here's a quick Patreon promo, and then we'll get into it. Greetings, loyal subjects in the UK and in the colonies. I love the Sick and Wrong Patreon. It gives me news stories, extra phone calls, and lots of tips on how to deal with my son Andrew, the sweaty nonce. Anybody found in the UK or the colonies not subscribed to the Patreon will face beheading. Thank you. Well, Dean Joe, I, I don't know if you know this, but in Russia, if you mention the name Anatoly Moskvin, uh, babushkas, they will clutch their neckerchiefs. They will whisper words of spirits to protect you from the grave digger, grave robber, and ultimately the mummy maker. But how does a seemingly normal, if not genius man, fall to such low depths? I mean, who amongst us goes around disrespecting the dead? I oh, I can think of one person. <laughs> Shake that Children. mummy maker. <laughs> <laughs> Children across all cultures. I mean, we've all grown up playing with dolls. I was a Barbie and an Action Man fan. I used to make them have what I actually called as a child sexy parties. And it would always be like Snake Eyes who would bang my favorite Barbie. <laughs> Snake Eyes is my favorite. Did you play with dolls? Didn't you Didn't you play some game with like G.I. Joe Still in the do. bathtub? Still do. <laughs> oh, I know that Going game. and exploring the cave. Tell me about that. You gotta watch well, out for the brown shark. What was the Eddie Murphy uh, and then a big That's brown it. shark? <laughs> big brown shark. Yeah. And G.I. Joe got stuck. And G.I. Joe got stuck. <laughs> this is gonna be... <laughs> 
So like in the eyes of a child, Jojo, you bring the doll to life, you name it, you drag it around everywhere, you'll dress it, you'll feed it. And this can advance into adulthood. I know plenty of nerds, Jojo, who still collect dolls. Mm -hmm. And I know plenty of antiques and oddity dealers who like, you know, keep creepy dolls, china dolls. Point being that a delayed form of adolescence isn't always a warning sign, Jojo. Mm, Should be. God-hater and novelist C.S. Lewis once actually said, when I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. Thank you, C.S. Lewis, for that one. <laughs> He's basically saying having a doll collection in your 30s, is it, it's childish, yeah, but it's nothing to fear until it actually is something to fucking fear. <laughs> like, well, I mean, there's, there's creepy, like, you know, childlike dolls, and then there's real dolls. There's nothing wrong with collecting real dolls. No. You know, lifelike replicas of women. Oh, the ones that the people marry and have <laughs> relationships with. Although That's fine. I've never been a big fan. I The, the realistic, like, childlike dolls, Cabbage Patch dolls, whatever, those, those are fine. I hate but them. It's, but it's, I, I don't like those either, but it's the ones that are, you know, like fucking Annabelle, like the ones that are just, like, realistic, uncanny valley territory. Those are the ones that always bothered me. You remember, you remember Holly Stevens? Mm-hmm. I remember one time, because um, I was hanging out with her for a while, it's like probably 2009, maybe, I stayed at her house. And she had like a collection of not only vintage dolls, vintage clown dolls that people I mean, have sent cool. her. It's not cool. It was like all around the entire room. It just creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, when I was a kid, my my uh, a friend of mine's mom was obsessed with clowns, and like there was just all this clown shit in the house, and like we all like all our other friends were all were just like, what the fuck is up with the clowns? Like I it, I find it weird and creepy but i find also when older women too just anyone i mean it doesn't have to be older women but just collect those like vintage dolls those really like realistic you see them at like that antique mall we went to in vegas they yeah, had they like them. those dolls that you could buy and it's i find them like yeah what i agree creepy. with if you're gonna have a collection like that you have one room in your house and you make it your guest bedroom because then when people come <laughs> they're not going to stay very long it's john water's idea but it works put all your clown toys in there and people can be freaked out and they're never going to stay at your house again that's a really good idea thank you to john waters the, the pope of the trash so Anatoly Moskvin, he was born September the 1st, that makes him Freddie Mercury Virgo, in 1966, in the former Soviet Union, stronghold of uh, Gorky, a.k.a., wish me luck here, Nizhny Novgorod, which today is, thank you, is fifth largest shithole uh, city in Russia. He had a normal childhood, so he says uh, it began, yeah. but he began wandering around cemeteries with friends when he was a schoolboy, which I can relate to. I was also a cemetery wandering schoolboy. You guys are twinsies. We, are? We're to- we have a lot in common, twinsies. me and Anatoly. On one trip, he witnessed the funeral procession of an 11-year-old girl named Natasha Petrova. And you've got to print the Anatoly myth here. He says that the funeral goers, having noticed him lurking nearby, forced him to join the procession and to kiss the dead girl's face. And he wrote that an adult pushed my face down to the waxy forehead of the girl in an embroidered cap, and there was nothing I could do but kiss her as ordered. He didn't have to wank as he was doing it, but, you know, needs must. Why not? Oh, my God. You know he had a boner. The whole time. That was probably the first time he ever got a boner. And that's how a fetish is born. Yes. And then he says, I kissed her once, then again, then again. And the girl's (laughs) grieving mother, 
because this is what you do. Then put a wedding ring on Anatoly's finger and a wedding ring on her dead daughter's finger. My strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful. There's a lot there that needs to be explained. <laughs> it just makes no sense. The whole the, the whole situation here. It was useful, yes, because being married to a corpse means that they don't nag at you. And this also leads you down a path where you believe in magic and a lifelong obsession with the dead. And he yearned for yet more corpse kissing, as we all do. Mm-hmm. His cemetery obsession even led to him becoming a gifted scholar and he earned an advanced degree in Celtic studies and he graduated from the philological um, facility at uh, Moscow State University. As you can expect, his studies were mainly focused around cemeteries, <laughs> burial rituals, death and the occult. And I can relate. I like all those things, too. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's your book collection. I'd throw in some true crime. Uh, lots that, of true crime. That's your book yeah. collection I think right there. Harrison had all those books that this guy probably had. Maybe. I, Harrison loved dolls. He did. Real dolls. Uh, Anatoly was also a cunning linguist, eventually learning over 13 languages. He kept a personal hoard uh, of over 60,000 books and documents for his teaching and lecturing jobs. He taught um celtic could celtic studies at his local hometown university and he also worked at the institute of foreign languages where he churned out academic articles and books alike he described himself as a necro necrophilist no, necropolist a necropolis there yeah. we go that's how you fucking say that word Moscovin was considered an expert on local cemeteries in his region. I don't think anyone in the city knows them better than I do. He said of his extensive knowledge of the region's dead. From 2005 until 2007, he claimed to have visited 752 cemeteries in the area. That, I want to do that. I want to make that my life goal. Be, I mean, I don't know. We usually pretty much hit up every cemetery when we go to a new city. You got it. Yeah. His... His last book uh, that was nearly published but was halted by his arrest was simply titled Long Walks Through Cemeteries. I want to know what he was writing. Like, is it prose? Is it poetry? Like, are there short stories about his walks through the cemetery? Like, I'm kind of, I kind of want to track down like translation, you know, his books translated into English, if you can. I think it's a mix of all of it with erotic pictures well that that's the thing that's that's i don't know one of the more unnerving aspects of this person's character he's a very intelligent man they i mean they describe him as like an as a genius an eccentric genius but a genius he's like unabomber genius yeah he's like the unabomber he's like ted kaczynski like ted kaczynski was like a what a math uh, like a professor of like logic math or something yeah I'd, what whatever he was bless him uh, so Anatoly, he was a man who knew the histories of everyone buried in the graveyards near him. He once claimed that he would walk 20 miles a day, roaming the land, surviving off drinking dirty puddle water. This is Russia for you. There's not a shop. You've got to drink dirty puddle water. You have to sleep in haystacks in barns at night. Once he even slept in an abandoned coffin in a crypt. Oh, he must have loved sure. that. Oh, yeah. He posted a documentary series of his travels and discoveries entitled Great Walks Around Cemeteries and another one that said What the Dead Said. This was all about his extensive travels. He was sometimes questioned by the police um, when stopped on the suspicion of vandalism and theft, but he was never arrested, never detained after stating his like academic credentials and his purpose for being in cemeteries. His fellow academics described him as both a genius and an eccentric, but the two usually go hand in hand. Don't they? Mm. But 
Maybe his vast intelligence and odd hobbies alienated him from others. He never dated, never kissed a girl. He lived with his parents. They would leave town for months at a time and they would go on their own travels. They didn't even trust him with the family cat and instead they would take the cat with them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, didn't they say he is a virgin? Yeah, he was totally a virgin. He probably, yeah. I think he still is a virgin. Yeah. In the words of Adamant, he didn't well, drink, he didn't smoke. What do you Well, do? he's a he's a virgin, but that's with living women, <laughs> supposedly. He's got a lot of free time, you know. He's got this money. He needed a hobby, and he knew exactly what to do with his free time and all his money. <laughs> In 2009, locals began to discover the graves of their loved ones being desecrated, something that I've been recently accused of, and they sometimes found them totally dug up. Wait, so he was wearing sexy shirts and, and laying about on top of gravestones? <laughs> Helter Skelter t-shirts. Posting the Facebook day. groups? Wow, okay. <laughs> Scott Michaels groups. <laughs> That's what they first knew. Russian Interior Ministry spokesman, General Valery Gibachun. He really is called Valery as well. It's a, it's a first name. Don't come at me, Russia. He told CNN that initially... Our leading theory was this was done by some extremist organizations. We decided to beef up our police units and set up groups composed of our most experienced detectives who specialize in extremist crimes. But for two years, their investigation went nowhere. Graves continued to be desecrated. Ultimately, a break in the case came because of a terrorist attack at uh, Dome de Dovo airport in Moscow in 2011. A suicide bomber simply wandered in. He killed 37 people and injured 173 more. This is before 9-11 as well. So. Well, no, it's 2011. 9-11 would have been... Oh, shit, yeah. It was yeah. 10 years after. The 10 years after. However, was it during Chechnya? That, didn't they have, weren't they having a war with Chechnya at the time? That's, I can never say che Chechnya. There we go. Yeah, Just and the that. Chechnyans were like, I don't know, a Fucking extremist. Mad. Yeah, a religious extremist. So. Who knows? Who knows who did it? I I looked at the I looked at the wiki article just so I could get the dates, which I still got wrong. So I was like, oh yeah, this is before nine eleven. It's okay, not I'm a dumb bitch. Um, authorities pieced together that graves of Muslims are being desecrated in the region. Eventually, they staked out a cemetery where someone was painting over the pictures of the dead Muslims, but they weren't damaging anything else. What were and they this painting? Is where what was he painting over them? Yeah, like a mustache, Hitler sash. <laughs> like, Pentagrams. Yeah, a little pentagram. <laughs> Poison rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Joe doing it. <laughs> Joe's doing this is where they finally nabbed uh, Anatoly. They arrested him at the grave of a Muslim that he was about to deface. He had a bag full of bones at his side. <laughs> and naturally, they're going to go to his apartment to gather evidence of the case. What they found would lead them down a Russian rabbit hole bigger than racism or anything the Ruskies could have predicted. You could say they choked on their borscht and that no one was eating gray meat with mayonnaise that night. I've always wanted to Definitely go to not. Russia, but the food scares me. I don't even, as a vegetarian, I don't even know what you'd do there. This is what I'm worried about. Yeah, it's I think it would be tough. Well, Moscow, you'd be fine. But if you went out to like the other cities. Just eating a lot of cabbage and potatoes. Yeah, just all borscht. See, I'd be fine with cabbage and potatoes. I can't eat mayonnaise, though. It makes me feel really sick. What about veganaise? <laughs> <laughs> she's not an asshole, so I don't think she's going to eat that. It's delicious. 
so when they searched Anatoly's hoarded house, and I've seen video footage of his house, did you watch the YouTube footage? Dude? Yeah, I'm gonna. I was. I, I mentioned a little later about what was on the on the footage, oh, we'll but I'm gonna post that link to the site and to the Patreon because I police, like investigators, yeah, just like on they they uh, published like a whole video of just like the inside of this guy's house, like going through his hoard. We'll have to uh, show. Shocking. Page. They discovered twenty six dolls. Each one had elaborately, it was reported as 29, but it was actually only 26. Each one had elaborately handmade clothing using various fabrics, but most were in these kind of like luxurious wedding dresses, like kid-sized wedding dresses. Some had knee-high boots. They all had kind of like very pretty gloves on or very, or like winter gloves. There was differences. Others had makeup on. Most had different colored masks that covered their faces. Some of them had eye holes cut out, and these ones he would place in front of the television so that they could watch cartoons, <laughs> Russian cartoons, I'm assuming. But the Simpsons elegant in Russian. The elegant dresses, though, were the, the, the dresses they were probably buried in, I'm assuming? Yes, yeah. they were. He had his own language with these dolls. He would speak to them. He would plan holidays, family dinners around the food that they liked, even though they didn't eat much of the meals that he prepared for them. This is a lot like that documentary, Guys and Dolls. You ever see that, Joe? No. It's like uh, basically, I don't know who did it. I don't know if it's a BBC thing oh, or what. Oh, this is a Channel 4 thing. Channel 4 yeah. thing. They follow around, but I thought, thought they did it, well, I think three of the guys are Americans. Yeah. I think there was an English guy. But they follow these guys that just collect, basically just uh, collect the uh, real dolls. And, but they treat them like they, they take them to the beach. They take them out on meals at a restaurant. And they show like the waitresses being like, okay. And they'll order food for them. It's so creepy. My favorite part about it, though, is the guy gets a human girlfriend at the end and invites him, invites yeah. him over, her over for his birthday party. And she gets there and she's like, you know, I'm very open minded and I think this will be fine. And she shows up and it's like eight dolls, like fully dressed around like this birthday cake. And, <laughs> and he's just sitting there. He's just like, all right, let's all sing happy birthday. You can I mean, find she it on YouTube, She lasts like half people. an hour, doesn't she? She's like, I won't see him again. But yeah, at the end, she's just like, I think I'm not, this relationship's not going to work out. I gotta see that. How long <laughs> until you get a doll, JoJo? I mean, how long? I already got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you, did you take that, what was that masturbation thing that Ryan Keeley gave you? Oh, the, oh did uh, you take that? No, I, he, they, she gave us two. He's got one, too. Yeah. but Have you, you used it? No, I haven't used it. I was going to give it away, actually. <laughs> I haven't used it. Have you used it? Right. No, don't, we'll talk about it on the second show. All right. Don't give it away. Right. Yeah. When police moved one of the bodies, slash dolls, on cue, it started playing music. Inside the chest of the dolls, Anatoly had embedded music boxes so that any slight movement of them would start this kind of cheery, eerie cry. Oh, uh, it's not a Slayer song? That would be JoJo's doll. <laughs> <laughs> Inside his home, detectives found photos, headstones, cemetery maps, shoes that matched footprints, found near desecrated graves. And then the police knew without a doubt that they've had their kind of grave robber and desecrator. I think we have our man. They also found doll making instructions. But they're, they're not dolls, are they? I think it's plainly fucking obvious by now they're not dolls. In fact, Anatoly had probably the largest collection of Russian mummies ever in history. Probably the largest collection of mummies in a house in general. They were the mummified corpses of human girls. Girls because he's not a buff day. He wasn't <laughs> taking boys, just girls. 
The bodies ranged in age from three to 25. They had mainly come from his nearby area, but some had come as far away as Moscow. The dresses and fabrics that he used were more often not the outfits that they had yeah. been buried in. He also placed personal belongings and even more clothing inside the mummies as he would like literally stuff their insides with rags. I was wondering about that. So they've already been embalmed, obviously. Yeah. But did he remove their organs? I think like embalming is a weird thing and I know techniques are different and I'm not a mortician here and I don't want people to get angry at me. But sometimes they do take them out. Sometimes they like solidify your insides so that everything like takes a long time to that but kind of rot. I know they use a device that can kind of suck out the fluids. And sometimes they, they just do that, leave yeah. the, the organs in there. But that's I'm wondering if this guy, to preserve it, was removing the organs or stuffing the, the body cavity with rags. Well, I don't think he would maybe necessarily remove the organs. I think he would probably leave them to rot. And then as you become more and more sunken in, because you're rotting and the fullness is Oh, leaving, that's what he was... That's when he would stuff you full of rags. They're just that, getting too thin. That's where the, that's where Ragdoll came from? Possibly. Could be. Uh, interesting. <laughs> well, so the investigators are working on the scene. Release that video we were talking about. Oh my um, gosh. And in the clip, it's like you should. You'll check it out because I'll put a clip. I'll, I'll put a link to it on our site. But the camera moves along this corridor, which is just cluttered with wedding dresses and bright colorful clothes. And then it goes into like this small room. And at first sight, there's like these little figures of girls that are mounted on tops of like bundles of old books and papers. I mean, this guy was a full-on hoarder. Oh, it's they, mental. He's hard. Yeah, and, they, and these girls are like half lying on couches. But at first you think they're, they look kind of like stuffed dolls. Like even their faces don't even, but like they don't look human, obviously. Um, it's so that repose as well. They're all floppy. And... They're like flopping about. But so the camera zooms in right on their faces, which are wrapped in this like light beige fabric. And there's painted eyes. And, and the girl like figure on the couch was wearing like a knitted hat with a pin rose and a lilac sweater. I mean, there's like, he's, he, he, he spends like an extraordinary amount of attention on detail. Um, her legs were covered by white tights and they're elegantly crossed. And then the camera moves down to the feet and she's wearing like these white shoes. And then there's one wearing a, a silk wedding dress with a veil. Like, I don't know, maybe she's like 10 or 12. And then there's a voice in Russian, but it's saying, these dolls are made of mummified human remains. It's so it's so creepy. I, I'm surprised the police even released it. Yeah, it, I was also trying to like look at what he had in his heart. Were you doing that as well? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like pausing on the video to be, but I mean, it's the classic stuff like books, paper, newspapers, papers, magazines, everything, and things everywhere. like that. But, it's but an the dresses. But, but the thing is, you got to keep in mind is he lived with his fucking parents. They would only come back for sure. We're going to get more into what his parents We're going to get into that, but he lived with his parents. When you watch this video, it's just like, oh, his parents lived in the house too, and they, and they were cool with this. Overparenting helicopter mother. <laughs> one mummy had a piece of her own gravestone with her name scrawled on it inside of her. Another one contained a hospital tag with the date and the cause of her death. A dried human heart was found inside of third body. So there you go. He just they, let them basically air just... dry. <laughs> <laughs> He would wrap nylon tights around their faces, sometimes inserting buttons or toy eyes so they could watch TV. Nice. <laughs> I read that he'd dress the bodies in skeletons, too, in, like, stockings, like sexy stockings and dresses. And he even made one look like a teddy bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is my favorite fact. 
he loved nearly all of them, but the ones that he had grown to dislike for whatever fucking bonkers reason, he would just put them in the garage. Like, yeah, he, off you go into yeah. exile. Yeah, no time for dolls with churlish attitudes. <laughs> I don't like that back sass. Get in the garage. He claimed he did what he did because he was waiting for science to bring the dead back to life. And until then, he'd preserved the girls using ancient Egyptian techniques that he'd spent years researching. And it was a kind of simple solution using um, like a concoction of baking soda, soda and salt. The day he brought the girls homes, home would be considered their birthdays. And he'd often throw a huge party for them all on those days. I, I don't think he's ever watched Pet Cemetery. You don't want to bring him back to life. No. In so, Russia. Sometimes dead is, dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has an insane record because although they found 26 bodies, it's believed that he desecrated 150 graves over a 10 year period. You're His getting parents, there. Yeah, well, I'll be up to those yeah. numbers before they fucking catch me. Taking big dumps on graves. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again on Sharon. See, what is that His girl parents- doing? That's just uh, that's just K Rambo. That's what she does. That's her thing. She digs dumps on graves. Post a pic on Facebook. It actually it actually means she likes them. <laughs> hey, I'm not Floridian. <laughs> His parents, we could talk about his parents now. They said that they had no idea what was going on or that the dolls yeah, right. are even real and they just considered them part of their son's hard. Sure, the apartment stank, but all the apartments in the entire building stank. It's Russia. Everything stinks. <laughs> Elvira, which is the greatest name in history, the professor's then 76-year-old mother said, we... We saw these dolls, but we did not suspect that they were dead bodies inside. We thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls and did not see anything wrong with it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your 33-year-old son having this doll collection no. in the house. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and look at how fucked up those dolls looked. Like, that's not a, a yeah. warning sign. That's not a red flag. Um, some of his neighbors <laughs> described uh, themselves as very depressed and traumatized when they learned about the police reports about what was happening to the, you know, in the person's apartment right next door. No uh, this shit. one neighbor said the scariest part to me of what he kept there was the hundreds of pieces of clothing they brought home from the cemeteries. This is a neighbor who would not give her name. Uh, she lived like one floor down. Yeah, I don't think that's the scariest part. I don't think the clothing <laughs> is the scariest part. I mean, it might be me. Um, but she still referred to Moskvin as the most respectful and intelligent person. Even the sweet, stinky aura that their hallway and staircase filled up with every time he opened his door didn't seem suspicious to the neighbors. Like one lady said, our buildings all stink of something that rots in basements. So they didn't even like they weren't even suspicious of the odor coming from this guy's uh, this guy's uh, apartment here. Um, one of, uh, one of his, his neighbors, uh, the same neighbor that said that the, the, the base, the building stinks, said she had spent her afternoons in the courtyard and often seen Moskvin coming to and from, uh, the, the, his apartment carrying heavy backpacks or black plastic bags. Yeah. That's not jo- suspicious. Jojo, you live in the line. There must be a sweet, stinky aura in your building. <laughs> your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Your yeah. neighbor's doing this, Jojo. Um, yeah, there's lots of smells. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> Y'all gonna be great when CNN comes and interviews you. Well, wait—not to promote the second show too much. However, Joe's gonna get into the story where he had an altercation with this. Uh, yeah, a, another resident this who lives in the building. Oh no, another Not, neighbor. No, another guy. But this guy, like Joe, thought he was a homeless guy, but in fact, he's actually a resident. Was we'll that the guy say, you were shouting at in the video? We'll just say he's a real sweetheart. <laughs> a re- just a real nice guy. <laughs> wow. They're working things out. Yeah. Anatoly, he completely cooperated in the investigation. And after seeing a shrink, he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. This is like no shit Russian Sherlock's. Of course he is. <laughs> Um, Jan Golan, the head of the uh, Korofi Center for Psychological Rehabilitation, said, From what I hear, the most probable diagnosis for Moskvin's psychological problem is necrophilia and situational fetishism. And he said that they've actually helped a few patients obsessed with sexual attraction to the dead at the center. But he said that the police aren't going to take this into account. We'll get get more into does he fuck the bodies or does he not in a little Mm. bit. In court, he confessed to 44 counts of abusing graves and dead bodies. He said to the victim's parents, you abandoned your girls. I brought them home and warmed them up. <laughs> warmed them up, in quotes. What a statement. He was actually deemed unfit to stand trial, and his hate crime charge for uh, defacing the Muslim graves was also dropped because it was determined that what he was doing, he was doing it out of love and not hate. This is Russia. Yeah, a very unnatural love. In a hearing on the 25th of May, 2012, the Leninsky District Court sentenced him to uh, coercive medical measures, and he was shipped off to the loony bin, and his stay was reviewed with regularity. In 2014, a spokesman said, after three years of monitoring him in a psychiatric clinic, it is absolutely clear that uh, Moskvin is not mentally fit for trial. He will therefore be kept for treatment at the clinic. In 2016... He married in the treatment center to a 25-year-old woman that was once thought to be his daughter. That's the, that is a very strange thing. So before his arrest, um, it was revealed that he was a virgin, never had yeah. a girlfriend. But after his arrest, he apparently struck up a friendship with this languages student. However, the Leninsky District Court heard that the friendship could not move to marriage until he was made an outpatient. Oh, so this is just rumors. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, I don't know. Was he ever made an outpatient? I don't know if he's still... No, he's still he's still arrested. Oh, okay. He's still... But the question is why. How did a shy, retiring, odd, eccentric fellow become basically Lord of the Mummies? Yeah, so that was a nickname. Um, a pseudonym that was given to him by uh, like the, the local papers. Um, but the others, other newspapers, called him the Perfumer. After the uh, Patrick Susskind novel, Perfume. Did you ever read that one? I've I've seen the movie, but I've never never read the, the book. The have you book seen the is, movie, Jojo? Have you seen the movie Perfume? I never heard. It's of it. pretty oh, good. Oh, it's great. The book is great too. The story, the, basically, in summary, the story follows this guy, Jean Baptiste Granoul, uh, who was an orphan in 18th century France, but he had like this exceptional sense of smell, and so he could distinguish a vast range of scents. So that's why he became this famous perfume maker. Speaking of scents and perfumes and smells, I wish I had some perfume right now for. Oh yeah, box. Joe is sitting right your, by the litter your, box. Your, your your cat fucking dumps are just 
fucking no, on, they're on another level. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're nuclear. This fucking That's what I usually stinks. sit, Jojo. I turn <laughs> my back to it. Thankfully, oh. I have no sense of smell. Yeah, thankfully. So I'm good. I'm good. It's rough. But so this perfumer end up end up becoming involved in murder when he encounters a young girl that has this like unsurpassed like amazing scent and he has to keep it. Need some poopery. Ooh, she's, yeah. She smells some like poopery. poopery. Get it? <laughs> Poopery. Your sister loves that stuff. Oh, my sister loves poopery. She's got like six bottles. You're supposed to. You're supposed to use it like before you dump, right? No, you spray. Right. It's kind of like an oil. You spray it on the water, so it's like when you take a shit, the smell can't come oh, and out. Then it, oh, I never knew. Yeah. I've I've never seen anyone own it, but your sister. It's simple physics. In an interview after his arrest, Anatoly stated that he felt great sympathy for the dead children and thought that they could be brought back to life by either science or black magic. So in a Celtic culture, the Druids would sleep on graves in order to communicate with the spirits of the dead. Who hasn't done that? He was also obsessed with the ancient, um, I'm going to say Yakults here, but it is Yakuts. Do you have Yakults in America? Is it a European thing? I don't even know what a Yakut is. Yakult. A Yakult. Well, just name them Yakults. Everyone in Europe knows what they are. Who once they this ancient race of people once lived in Siberia, and they also had a similar idea of sleeping on graves. I mean, this is a learned man. Eventually, he just began searching through the obits, looking for re- recently deceased children. And when he found an obituary that spoke to him, he would sleep on the child's grave in order to determine if the spirit wished to be brought back to life. He claimed he had been doing this for around 20 years and insisted that when he began, he never dug up a grave without the permission of the child within, which seems very legitimate. As he started getting older, it became physically painful for him to sleep on the graves. So he just naturally began bringing the bodies home where it'd be more comfortable to sleep near them, which makes totally perfect logical sense. sense, doesn't it? Bring them home. He hoped the spirits would be more willing to speak in a safe, welcoming home, and that may might make it easier to hear like what he couldn't when they were no longer underground. You know, they're gonna be in a nice environment, they're gonna speak to him more. It's gonna warm them up. It's gonna warm them up. He then preserved the corpse using his own home remedy, and once he had them at home, he couldn't stop the kind of onslaught of decay. And until he could figure out a way to bring them back to life and make them happy, he would wrap their limbs in strips of cloth. He would stuff the cavities with rags and padding to make them full again. Some had wax masks that he had decorated nail polish. And all of them had like cheap Amazon like cosplay wigs. And that's why they're horrifying. <laughs> that is. <laughs> he was aware that what he was doing was illegal and a crime, but he felt that the children were calling out to him, and he believed that rescuing the children was more important than obeying the law. He also blamed the government for not letting him adopt a daughter of his very own. Yeah. He said he dug up the graves because he was lonely. He said he was single, and his biggest dream in the whole wide world was to have children. But Russian adoption agencies wouldn't let him adopt a child because he didn't make enough money. But perhaps that was for the best, wasn't it? To come, like, we've seen that video of his hard. Imagine, like, a real child getting to play in that hard. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. He's definitely fit for parenting. I don't. I couldn't imagine like a Russian adoption agency would even, you know, vet the candidates. I think they. Do you think they even care? They're just like here, just you know. No, they they sell them to America. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, they do that. 
Yeah, and then they either become pawn stars or the dwarves turn out to be killers or the dwarves turn out to be <laughs> like orphans. four-year-old women. Yeah. <laughs> Russian. So now we're going to get to the juicy question. I know that mm-hmm. we've all been wanting to ask. Was there dolly dil- diddling involved? Had to be. He, he denied any sexual attraction, but of course he'd say that because he thought of the dolls as his own children. His 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 editor at Necroologies, Alexa Jensen, he didn't think anything of his writer's eccentricities. Many of his articles enlighten his sensual interest in deceased young women, which I took for romantic and somewhat childish fantasies, the talented writer emphasized. Oh, he fucked them. Well, I think that's why the editor just kind of dismissed it. But later... He felt reluctant to continue publishing further installments describing Moskvin's love affair with dead Natasha. Because he had written like many stories about being involved with Natasha, his dead wife. It's like Edgar Allan Poe, but Russian. Yeah, more or less. (laughs) It's creepy. Anatoly would sing his dolls songs. He would interact with them in their own special language. He'd watch Russian Simpsons with them. And he'd celebrate every single Russian holiday with his hoarded corpse family. Natalia Shadyomova, the mother of uh, Moscovin's first victim and possibly the most creepiest of his doll collection. She believes that he should stay locked up for the rest of his life. She said, this creature has brought fear, terror and panic into my life. I shudder to think that he will have freedom to go where he wants. Neither my family nor the families of the other victims will be able to sleep peacefully. He needs to be kept under surveillance. I insist on a life sentence, only under medical supervision without the right of free movement. I still find it hard to grasp the scale of his sickening work, of his sickening work. but for nine years, he was living with my mummified daughter in his bedroom. I had her for 10 years. He had her for nine. Oh, I think he had her many more times than that. <laughs> We're going to talk about his parents now. Little is known about mummy and daddy Mosca, Moskvin. Last news was that they live in complete isolation. Both are totally unhealthy. Elvira suggested that they might kill themselves, but her husband, Yuri, he disagreed with that. If they are alive or not by this point, there's no doubt they are very unhappy with their situation. <laughs> Anatoly is now 55, like Carl Tanzler, who fell in love with his patient and kept her corpse. He still dreams of his dolls, telling the police upon his arrest not to bother, not to bother reburying the bodies, because when he is free again, he will simply hear their call to him and go and dig them straight back up. And shove a flashlight right into the, the body cavity and uh Oh, he's just coming up. in them, D. He's like I... JoJo. He's just coming in them. <laughs> I get, I mean, it's like myopic to think that this guy wasn't fucking these child mummy dolls. Totally. Like, I'm, I'm amazed at the, uh, the, I mean, if they're, if they're releasing a video of this guy's hoard in his house, I'm surprised they weren't just like, oh yeah, and we did like a, you know, a rape kit to a couple of them and uh, found traces of semen. I'm surprised they didn't release that. I, I, I don't know. I, I find I wonder it hard how to long that he semen wasn't fucking. lives in a corpse is the question. Because obviously semen, as soon as it's exposed to the air, starts dying. And if you're, it's like, it's kind of like coming on a towel. How long yeah, can it last? but could you still, like, I mean, there traces? <laughs> like, how often do you clean your flashlight, Jojo? Uh, once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you not? clean it out with, like, a toothbrush and just, like, dunk it out? <laughs> just, like, just, like, let it air dry. Just air dry? Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember Harrison said he used to just stick it in the like the dishwasher. What? That's what he said. He used to stick it in the dishwasher. I was like, with all the rest of your dishes, he's like, yeah, why not? That's what it's for. I'm like, it's not for washing fleshlights. I can tell you that. I could kind of see his point, though, if it is dishwasher safe, because the water gets to boiling, so it's going to kill all bacteria. But, but you, if you had somebody over and you said, oh, yeah, my cum's on that fork that you're using. That's the thing. I, I was like, after that, because I'd only been to his house a few times. But after that, I was like, you know, I'm going to bring my own cup. It's like, uh, like the, the, the Seinfeld episode with Kramer's washing the, the salad in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a like side that. note to that, I do find it disgusting when people brush their teeth in the shower. There's something a bit icky about it. It's kind of weird. You know, my brother smokes in the shower. What? <laughs> he <laughs> totally does. What? He's got an at Last time I was there at his place, this is what, like, I don't know, six months ago? He had an ashtray in the bathroom right next to the shower, like on the windowsill next to the shower. Yeah, but you're all wet. How do you, how do you like, not... Soak the he leans cigarette. out and just takes a puff and puts it back up. That's fucking weird. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's like, are you sure that's not when he's trying to take a shit? He'll smoke. No, because like, it's it's on the it. windowsill. Like you'd have to be standing unless yeah. he's standing up while he's taking a shit. I've heard of people <laughs> shitting and smoking. No, I'm sure he does that too. Yeah, I'm sure. I, mean, I just, I just sure. think he really likes to smoke. Next week, you Jeffrey know? talks about smoking while he shits. <laughs> Anyway, people say 46 here are sick and wrong. Uh, we got some phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032. But first, first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, Free shipping and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032. People, give us a call. You know, one guy called us and just was like here's three calls give us three stories so we're like for the backlog yeah 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 people give us a call we want to hear stories about your um horrible injuries uh what drug uh drug experiences and um sexual mishaps 323-522-4032 or you can email us sickronpodcast at gmail.com so the first call we have here is from a guy in pittsburgh (laughs) <laughs> that's funny that's delightful hello d hello kate how are you doing i heard that you had you a doing? big deficiency in telephone calls lately so i thought i would do my part and say hello um d you remember me from i think 10, 10 years ago i lived in i live in pittsburgh and i told that story i called in and told that story about that um that Clydesdale horse that my cousin was horsing, or was shoeing rather, and uh, I, went, I think flippity floppity flew. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember God. that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'm an innocent person, so I'm assuming that he means a real horse and not a chick who looks like a horse. I d- I don't know. I'm ex- I'm a- I'm thinking it's a Mr. Hand situation going on here. 
You know what I'm I love sure. about white people? Only white people can say flippity floppity flu and get away with it. <laughs> Only white people can say that. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's talking about. I don't know which is a ripoff from James Corden, but um, yeah, I don't know. Wait, James Corden? The reason I thought you said George Carlin. Oh, did he say George Carlin? I don't oh, know. I might have missed that. <laughs> yeah, don't use this. Um, I'm thinking about you guys. Too late. <laughs> I listen to you guys. Well, I'm not a Patreon subscriber because I gotta keep some three minutes. I'm fucking homeless and I live in Seattle now. I'm not. In- well, dude, Holy if you're shit. homeless, you shouldn't be a Patreon subscriber. We, we yeah. don't want homeless people to this be is- a Patreon subscriber. That's a really big move, but it's not like you've moved for the weather. You've moved from Pittsburgh, which has shitty winters, to Seattle, which has shitty winters. Yeah, it's going from like cold to wet. You move somewhere that's got wet. good winters if you're going to be homeless. Yeah, I move somewhere warm. I never understood that. Yeah, like go to Florida, go to LA or something. But he's a he's homeless and he's and he's a Patreon subscriber. No, he says he's not no, a Patreon. We're subscriber saying don't join the page. Look, if you are homeless, never join our Patreon. Worry about your fucking self, please. Yeah, like sort your shit out. Guy's giving you know? handies to fucking get the extra content. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, well, I he's that not five schlitzy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do what you have to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're getting longer. Now I'm in Seattle. Um, I'm not sure the train's going by. Um, hey, Kate, you're doing cool. You're doing cool. I don't know. D, you're doing cool too. Oh, thank you. Quit floppity. Fucking referencing your Patreon shit when you're <laughs> talking about your normal stuff. When I get enough money, I'll throw down. But no, you won't, dude. It's a pain in the ass. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Aww, do the math. Bless him. You spend too much time talking about that. I don't know. I understand. I understand. All right, going to this. I'll call you back tomorrow, maybe. I don't know. Hey, guys. <laughs> this wow, this guy. guy's mental. Right, Pittsburgh, dude. If you message me or D, I was once homeless. I will I will send you some links to some of the patron stuff so you can have some extra content to keep you... Like, what are you in, a car? Are you in a fucking dive motel? I doubt he has a car. You got to message me or D, and I'll say, I won't do this for no one else. This is a one-time offer from me. Being nice. Yeah, Kate's cool. gonna do that. I'm not. Flippity floppity flu. <laughs> you gotta message me. Um, you know, you know, dude. Obviously, you're homeless. We don't expect you to uh, to be on the Patreon. And and I try to be less, I guess, annoying about it because there are a lot of podcasts that read off everyone's names at yeah, the beginning of the that. show. You know, they're every new subscriber. They like read off all their names. I try not to do that, but we plug it because we obviously want the support. You know, but I'm I don't want people to feel bad about it. We're not trying to make you feel bad. We're just letting you know that there's another show that we do that's behind the paywall. And if you got five bucks, you can listen to it. You know, but you should probably save your money to get a home. <laughs> like we don't we don't want you uh, uh, on the Patreon, and we'll we'll send you some some links because we can email feel bad. email the show. Yeah, we'll send you some email money. the show. And good luck, guy from Pittsburgh. I would probably advise you to move somewhere warmer than seattle but seattle is a cool city this guy's just called flippity floppity flu now do, do you guys remember that show romper room was that around do you remember that one? oh this sounds kid? like a kessler fucking show romper room it was a show and like when i was a little kid and, and they would read out like kids they would be like all right she'd be like and i see tiffany and johnny and max 
and Peter. And, as, and <laughs> no, this is and a weird. How joke. desperate were you to get your name <laughs> and, read out? On and a little room. kid, you're like, and, and I see Joe, and you're like, oh, that's me. Like when you're like five, you're like, that's <laughs> awesome. You guys should do something like that. Well, no, that's what a lot of podcasts do. Don't they you do. listen to podcasts that read off all the names of the Patreon subscribers? Um, yeah, they do on like Hollywood crime scene. But you just, you know, all you do, you just like skip forward a minute. Yeah, like the commercials. You just skip yeah, that's the, the thing. You know, I try to play clips from uh, Second Show because it's funny. And so I try yeah. to put something funny, so it's like an it's like a promotion or a promo that's not terrible, <laughs> you know. But yeah, if you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead. That's the beauty of podcast. Yeah, you know, you can just skip right up, right ahead of you know, uh-huh. skip a couple seconds ahead and then move on. In the anyway, Jay Z, if you don't like it, you can press fast forward. Exactly. Yo. <laughs> Next call we have here is vibrato called in oh, about nice. a harrowing acid trip he had, first and oh. only. Hey, Kate D, it's Vibrato here to heed the call for my first and last acid trip. Oh. In 1995, I had a Hungarian deadhead roommate named Jorg, and uh, he wanted to uh, see the Grateful Dead in Portland, no. Oregon. Oof. So we drove down there. It was a two-day concert. Now, I was no. Two days of the Grateful Dead. Did you ever see the Grateful Dead? I never saw no. The Grateful Dead, but I did hang out in the parking lot, I doing got, lots of drugs. I did that once, and then another time I got suckered into going. Why? You actually Why? saw them? It was the worst. Uh, I couldn't I even just, imagine. I just don't get <laughs> Grateful Dead. But is it just one long song? Like, it's just one yeah. jam that it's lasts so, for like three hours. It's so boring, and I was on acid, and it was boring. <laughs> it was just the worst. It was the worst. And I remember I, just being grumpy and like, just like, this sucks. I couldn't deal with that. The music is 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 terrible. It's not as bad as Fish. Larry Eagle. Fish. Awesome. I would say Grateful Dead's a little bit better, a little more palatable than Fish. I was like sixteen, high on acid and bored. Yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, but the parking lot, I've had a lot of fun. I've, well, I, I've done that too, and I've also uh, gotten busted in the parking lot. No way. Oh, really? For uh, cop, dealing? Undercover cop came over and busted me. For what? For having weed? Smoking weed, yeah. What'd you get? Like what? a fine? And I was high in acid. <laughs> did you get a fine? I got a fine, yeah. I had to go to court. Wow, how no much way. did you have to pay? How old are you? I, for some reason, I went to court and they were like, I don't know, this, the, the, it was like the ticket got, the guy didn't like put oh, the paperwork or something. Yeah, and so oh. I got off, but I was, it sucked. Ah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. How cop, old were you? I was like 15, 16. The cop <laughs> put his hand over my heart and he goes, I know you're holding something in your heart. Beats and beating a million miles a minute. That's assault. He shouldn't have touched you. Give me what you give me what you got, or I'm gonna arrest you right now. That is creepy. And I was like a kid, and I'm tripping out. And I'm <laughs> it was so tough. Ted Ted Bundy took you weed, basically. Yeah. yeah. I don't think this guy was a cop. He was, a, he went to, he was just an he asshole. Undercover yeah. New York. I mean, cop. they did have like people that are in the uh, the audience, you know. That that go around busting people for dealing drugs at those those shows. Everyone's always like, you gotta be you gotta be careful. But the fucking the the parking lot parties were fun. I remember I shagged like the hairiest chick I think I've ever been with. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you told you told stories yeah. about her. I just don't get the Grateful Dead. They're just an American band like Linus Skinner, where I just like I just I I miss it and I just think they're wank. I don't understand the appeal either. It's like, it's just boring. It's just boring music. I mean, I don't know. I listen to a lot of music and and I've I've given the Grateful Dead a shot. Just couldn't get into it. 
I, I just remember there was a there was a point where the lights, like there was this light, big light flash thing that happened, and the crowd was like, "Whoa!" <sighs> and I was like, "That is that sucks. That sucked." I remember I was working at a mailboxes, <laughs> etc., in Chicago when Jerry Garcia died, and all these like hippies were coming in to mail like packages Crying. to their friends, like all upset. And I was just like, I think I was wearing a shirt saying like the shirt with like Jerry Garcia, and it's just like dead celebrate. It was like some kind of stupid shirt that I picked up at the alley. Fucking Jerry Berry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't mind Jerry Garcia, though. Every interview I've ever read of oh. him, he's always kind of spot on. But, yeah, but he produced yeah, the worst music I've ever heard. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. It's Kurt Cobain, great taste in music, awful band. Uh, the, I, think the, I think Nirvana's a little bit better than the Grateful Dead. Yeah. They are a little a little bit. No, I'm being sarcastic. They're a hell of a lot better than the Grateful Dead. <laughs> I don't think Bleach. Bleach, you actually like that record. I love Bleach. Bleach yeah, is a great is a fucking, fucking great amazing album. So you album. like Nirvana. And so is Insecticide. Anything from that, just chuck that band in. Insecticide. But, but Nirv- you like Nirvana if you like those two. They didn't have that many records, so you like half of what they did. So you didn't like, like them when they became commercial. I like one album and an EP. Bleach is good. It's just a side's collection. Bleach is a great Bleach is great. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, if Nevermind never became huge, you probably think that was cool, too. I do not. I'm on a plane. Drain you is a great song. I agree. I agree. Nevermind sucks. Uh, I mean, I think you, if Georgia. it wasn't, if it did become huge and overplayed. I will say years later, I actually, I can, appreci- I can appreciate some songs on In Utero. There's some, there's in some utero, good songs on there. In Utero and Nevermind, I wasn't like a, I wasn't, that he's your fan because I got into it with Bleach, right? Just because I had friends that listened to it, right? Um, but I don't know. There's some good songs off of uh, yeah. Nevermind. There's some great songs off In Utero as well. Right, but, right, right. but yeah, I don't know. I would say all those albums are better than anything The Grateful Dead ever did. A million times. Okay, better. agreed. Yeah. Fine. And definitely all of them are better than Fish, Ugh. which is just one of the I worst bands I've ever. I got suckered into seeing them too. Jesus Christ, How? Joe, you were a hippie. How? You were I wasn't. a hippie. I just I would just go to. Sh- I, I didn't know who they were, and they were like, yeah, someone had an extra ticket or something, and we went, and it was once again the so to be boring, fair, so lame. In those days, there was no internet, and it was all just yeah. like if somebody older than you wasn't guiding your way, you would just go to every fucking show. I I don't know. I had I saw, I saw it, Marilyn Man. I saw Marilyn Manson when he was like playing a club. I had no idea who he was. I just, I, that would have been cool. cool. He was an asshole. Oh well, yeah. Well, he is an asshole. And I and I wasn't impressed. He was he was sticking his dick between his legs. He was doing that whole thing. He was talking. Oh, uh, when was like, yeah, this, this is like on. what? I was just like this guy's 92. trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but why do I have a boner? <laughs> why am I around? He looks <laughs> like my doll. <laughs> Big Deadhead. I liked a few songs like uh, Hell in the Bucket or Casey Jones, that kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> Which you know, of course, they don't play. What what they do play the first day is uh, something called space which goes on for hours. And oh, my just, God. Oh, no. It's exactly what I thought. Jam that's, it's just no. really, really, really boring as shit. So I was not going to do that again for the second day, but I, I still had to go to the concert. My my friend, Jorg, we shared a car. and Anyway, I decided, you know what? When I was growing up, a lot of the deadheads that I knew, they'd always say, you know, man, you haven't really experienced the dead unless you dosed. So I said, you know what? I... I Fuck it, I'm, I'm going to just try LSD. So I told Jorg, and he says, well... When you did Acid at the at the Dead show, was that your first time, or had you done it No, I had done it before. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I got to say, it's kind of weird to do it in a big setting, like, like a concert. Setting. Yeah, like in this setting, I think it'd be weird for your first time ever doing Acid. 
I don't think it's it it my advice well. to anyone who's never done acid before and who thinks, oh, I'll do it for the first time in a public setting. Fucking don't. Yeah. Just <laughs> go home and do it, it like by yourself or, or have a trusted friend of you. Go to a cemetery. I, I... Actually, I've been on acid in a cemetery and that was one of my favorite acid trips. Just taking dumps on all the graves. What? I have to be outside <laughs> when I take acid and I can't be near people. So yeah, <laughs> taking dumps, getting high, communing with nature, listening to the dead. <laughs> While while we're talking about shitty bands and music, I also saw uh, on acid three eleven. Oh my god! That who was three eleven? That is inexcusable. They were. were, I didn't know who they were. It was at a small. It was at Irving Plaza, and somebody was like, "Yeah, this we're gonna go see this band and this whatever." And I just like when you're like sixteen, you just kind of go, "All right." Who's what was that? They did around that. They did a song about Down syndrome. Do you know, they? Do they? Do they? The song called Down? Down, yeah. It's about Down, Down syndrome. Is it? No, you're lying. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I'm I, I haven't have read the lyrics. I don't know for you, <laughs> I haven't read all the lyrics, but I'm assuming it's about Down syndrome. Are you not confusing them with System of a Downer? Oh, Syndrome of a Down. Syndrome, syndrome of a Down. Also, yeah. another band that sings about Down syndrome. Well, I mean, their whole <laughs> shtick is based about all of them having Down syndrome. Well, I think most of their fans had Down syndrome, and that's why they, you know, played to them. <laughs> I saw a system of a Down live like four times. On acid? Never on acid, but like definitely very stoned on ecstasy once. Well, four times, it's kind of inexcusable. Because you just catch them at the festivals, they're just there. He's, they're impressive, but they're definitely not the he most boring. He can speak really fast. <laughs> Who knows that he can sing really fast. He can. Yeah. He can. <laughs> oh. You know, you, I'll be here, you know, you want to do that, it's fine, but I will not do it because I have to watch you, you know, it's, you need to bother. So this he is found a guy, told me, asked for five bucks, and uh, I did that. And I thought, you yeah, know, this is shit, it's, it's not working, this is still boring, I, I don't experience anything. And then, um, you know, I look at my watch, and it says it's uh, one o'clock, and I go, okay, fine. And then I, I look at my watch another second later, and it says... Uh, it's three o'clock. And I look at it again. It's noon. I go, what the fuck is wrong with this watch? <laughs> time. Yeah, time makes no sense when you're really tripping. I wouldn't even bother yeah. looking at, at a watch. I never had a cell phone. I imagine yeah. that would have been very confusing. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I I, no, I did actually thing. have a cell phone, but I would just say, I can't use my phalanges when I'm like high on acid. So it, a phone means nothing to me. Yeah, I don't even think I can't use my like, fucking oh. hands. Although, like, with iPhones, though, uses the face recognition, so it could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're just, like, trying to hold it straight. Like, Who the fuck is just this? Calling random people. Yeah, it could yeah. be recipe for disaster. The place. So uh, I used to like these cherry certs, and uh, these certs, they had um, little dots on it that were, 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 were retin, and basically there's little, like, little red dots on the candy. So I'm I'm grabbing at a, a cherry search and the packaging starts to morph and like just change directions and animate in weird ways. So, okay, this must be the acid. And then I'm staring at the search and I'm just engrossed in the in this this candy and I'm I'm thinking about where I am at the Grateful Dead and I'm relating it to this small candy and I'm like wow this this thing is like. It's circular, so it doesn't end if you think about it. It's like the universe, and all these little rest and things are like You're high. stars in the universe. And it's cherry certs. And my favorite ice cream is Cherry Garcia, 
And here we are watching Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. So it's all relative. And what is Grateful Dead about? It's about love. So that's the answer to the universe. And I had to tell everybody at that particular time during the concert my revelation. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, that's cool. That's what it is. But it doesn't end there. Uh, I Wow, if I was tripping with this guy, I would walk away. I think it's really sweet to. <laughs> oh be my this god! High. When people start going into like what they're seeing and their explanations, I just kind of get up and just walk away. I'm not like this on acid. I see dead bodies and flaming skulls. I, I've never, been, I've never once been like this is an adorable sweet moment where this is the meaning of life. I'm just like, oh, that looks like that looks like a dead body. Oh, it's grass. Oh. I remember I was in Michigan. And uh, we went up to my roommate's cabin. Like his parents owned a cabin with his fiance at the time and a friend of mine, Dreyer, who might be listening to the show. You'll remember this. We were tripping. Me and Dreyer probably were on four hits. Like, oh, it was not at once. I think we took it over like six yeah, hours, but out. we were fucking high. And she had never, his fiance had never tripped before. And uh, Chuck had tripped before, but maybe like once or twice. And we were all pretty fucked up. And we got into, me and Dreyer got into this whole discussion about how abortion works and like how you'd suck it out properly and just the different techniques that would you think would be more effective. No, I don't know. I don't know. We got into it anyway. We didn't know she had an abortion. And (laughs) like recently, (laughs) like a few months earlier. (laughs) And I guess it just, yeah, kind of ruined her trip. And so we, I just remember Chuck was like, I think you guys should go for a walk somewhere away from us. <laughs> it's just like, okay. <laughs> All right. That's my other advice to people who've never taken acid who are going to take it. The minute you start feeling any type of feeling, fucking go with it. If you want to go outside, go outside. If you want to tell someone to fucking leave, you tell them to fucking, don't suffer no fools. Don't be polite. I remember the one, like the third times I'd taken acid. I like, I put um, Evil Dead on. I was really into it. But like two of the people in the room were just like, nope. This isn't for me. I was like, well, fucking leave them. Yeah, why I'm not? I mean, could do something else. My advice is just talk about abortions. That's the <laughs> If you want to have a good trip and have everybody have a great, you know, trippy experience, just talk about abortion. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I'm sure you did at the uh, Grateful Dead. Yes. In fact, I think that whole band should have been aborted. <laughs> hey. All right, here's part two. Fred Brado again, part two. Try to keep this under three minutes. Right, so... I, I see this T-shirt, and the T-shirt has a caricature of me on it. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And I ask the vendor how much the T-shirt is. He says it's uh, 15 bucks. And I go, I buy the T-shirt. you know. And then I'm walking through uh, some area, and I see a cloud in the distance with like a, a racetrack to it. And there's a finish line, and I'm trying to move to the finish line. And on the cloud is the Grateful Dead. And I, something's holding me back. I don't know what it is. And then... I wake a little bit later and we're in the car and we're, we're going up Interstate 5 back to Vancouver. And um, I just see Denny's like every second. We just keep passing Denny's. And I'm like, uh, York, he, we, I think we're going in circles. He says, no, why you say that? Well, we keep passing the same Denny's. Oh, no, no, no. It's a very popular restaurant. So I start telling them about my experience. I like how York doesn't do any acid, but yet hangs out with everyone who's all fucked up on acid. Well, he said he had to look after vibrato because he'd never taken acid before. Jörg's a fucking warrior. He's a contender. I know, but God, what a, like, how is that fun? It's good. It's good to have a friend I mean, like I, that. I, yeah, I guess it's good to have a designated driver. But I mean, at the same time, I would just be like, I don't want to hang out with six people who are like flying high on acid. 
I just think it'd yeah, be it's... difficult to talk to them. I'd be annoyed. It is. Yeah. You know, and like the T-shirt, and he, he pulls it out, and like I look at it, and and that T-shirt, he goes, "Oh yeah, you were very excited about T-shirt," you know. So I look at it, and it's like the character from that book, uh, "Where the Wild Things Are." It's not me at all, of course. And um, I tell him about the whole story about you know trying to get to the finish line. He says, "Oh no, that's police barricade. You know, I had to hold you back. You you could land in jail. You know, that's good thing that was there for you. You know." So that's why that was the first and last uh, ass trip that I ever. What was the police barricade for? To Did he say what the police? To the dead. Oh, this, oh, people were kind of okay. So it was separating the people from the stage. Yeah, and like oh, every right. gig you've ever been to, dude. But it's not a police barricade. Yeah, so we're, it's made it sound like like there are police there. Well, right. I think this is like a big, massive arena thing. It's like a two-day show, so it must be in a big place. There's a lot of Grateful Dead fans. Yeah, no, I mean, they would show. sell out, like, big, massive venues. Yeah, not a ton of people. Parking lot I don't know fun. why he's so scared to do acid again. That sounds like a lovely first-time trip. He had a mate looking out for him. He doesn't sound like he's done anything wrong. Yeah, I was expecting something a lot, like, more horrific. Like, I was expecting something, you know, terrible to happen. Like, he was, like, got naked and pissed on someone and got attacked or set something on fire or something. Yeah, shit Undercoat on a, a gravestone. Shit on a gravestone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought something. Yeah. Shit on it. Like, I didn't think it's like, okay, you... We're mystified by a packet of certs. Then you bought a shirt. This, this sounds like a normal. Sounds like a normal acid trip. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> just, like a really cute acid story. You yeah. had someone like, there to look after you. You had a wrangler. You know, it's like, right. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pondered the meaning of of life in general. And I would have done it again if I had. This is my first right. experience. I probably would have done it a couple of days later. Why yeah, not? same with me. I mean, come on, Jesus vibrato. Because I don't like the idea that I can't differentiate Be between hallucinations and reality. So keep it sick, keep it wrong, lick my balls. You know, this guy wears like a human vibrator suit and he goes to like fetish events. And like he's he's streamlined streamlined them, Jojo, over what a decade? No, longer than a decade now. He's no, he's, he's been doing it for a while, right? And he wears like this. Oh whole, yeah, like twenty years. I wonder, I always thought, like, where did you get the idea for this? I assumed it was probably from some kind of drug experience, but apparently not. He told us why. I think it was because he wanted to get closer to people, to chicks. Wait, he wears a vibrator costume? Yeah. It's like an outfit that vibrates. A whole body piece. Oh, it, it vibrates. The whole thing vibrates. I and think. so people like rub their their, their <laughs> junk on them? I like, mean, I guess you, yeah, yeah I guess you could. Yeah. Things, yeah. It's like a vibrating suit. Yeah. Joe's got ideas right now. He's like, hmm. <laughs> I didn't see the cogs. Oh, <laughs> he's thinking. Anyway, vibrato, do some acid again, man. That wasn't that bad. I, you know, I thought I thought I was expecting something much worse. Yeah. You know, what what about the really guy cute. who was? It wasn't Sorry. that Mash who called in that was like ended up fucking a chick that looked like Hagrid. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> you know that like, that's if like if that happened like I fucked a chick. On acid, and I woke up the next day, and it was Hagrid. I probably wouldn't do acid again because I could see it affected my judgment. But this is like, dude, what's what's the worst part here? You bought a shirt with the "Where the Wild Things Are" character on it. Personally, I think the worst part is you went to a dead show. That's what I think. And took acid there, like, yeah. but you know, that's probably the safest environment to actually take acid in. Because how many other people there were retarded with acid? A lot. God. When I went to that Grateful Dead show that I said uh, I was so bored at, 
these, these, these people behind us, we were just sitting down because we were so bored. And these people behind us were like, why aren't you dancing? <laughs> well, why, why weren't you, Joe? <laughs> why aren't you dancing? And I was like, fuck off. This shit sucks. <laughs> I remember in, uh, God, I was in high school. I went to a Blind Melon, Soundgarden, and Neil oh, Young God. show. What the fuck? Yeah, weird, why, weird. Why is Neil Young there? Who and Neil? Neil Who Young headlines. Well, do you remember what? Neil Young, like in the 90s, kind of did an album with Pearl Jam? Do you remember this? I've so never heard this album, and I never, ever, it ever, was like, ever want to. It was kind of like they did what, what they did with Johnny Cash. You know, like Rick Rubin did Johnny Cash reinvigorate his career. Mm. Same with Neil Young. Neil Young. Yeah, but that's a producer. Yeah, well, Are you Rick... saying that they produced him or they did an album together where it's like Neil Young sings? Dude, Neil Young put out a new record and one of the one of the songs had, had a Pearl Jam guy on it. Eddie, Eddie Vedder sang Eddie with him. Vedder. Yeah. And so Holy shit. I think it was because they were capitalizing off the grunge thing. Obviously, there are influences there. And so Neil Young kind of had a resurgence at that time. He came out with an MTV Unplugged record. You remember this in the mid-90s? I, I don't for some reason. No. It was like 94, 93. He came out with like an Unplugged record, and it was like a big thing. Anyway, we went to the show, and it was weird. It was like Blind Melon. If you remember them, terrible. Yeah. Soundgarden, which I was a Soundgarden fan at the time. And this was before... Black Hole Sun and all that. So it wasn't There's like... no excuse. Terrible. Yeah. Soundgarden is pretty good before that. Yeah, before all that, actually, Bad, Bad Motor Bad Finger. Bad Motor Finger. Yeah, this is right around that time. Yeah. Well, not a bad record. And then Neil Young was great. But anyway, I just remember we did like a shitload of acid. Like I probably was on two or three hits. And we were fucked up. And we're sitting there. And this guy in front of us just had... He must have had like fresh surgery to his, um, to his calf. So his calf was like split open and healing. It was like all bloody. Oh, yeah. I, and he was just wearing shorts, dancing around with a big fucking wound. I could not stop looking at it. <laughs> and like we were with like a big group of people that staked out an area kind of up, up close to the stage. So it's not like I'm like, everybody's got to move. You know, it's just like if I want to hang on my friends, I got to deal with this. But I could not stop looking at the wound, Fuck. the pulsating wound, you know, while he's like dancing around a fucking... What's that Blind Melon song? You know that all I can say? Da, da. The Bumblebee Girl. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bumblebee Girl. And I was just like, I got to leave. Fuck I remember that. I just left and sat in the parking lot for most of the show. <laughs> oh, you're a fun guy. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't stop staring. And when I came back, the guy's still dancing around with that fucking wound. Gross. Imagine. I would have asked him what happened. I been mean, like, you got to tell me what happened to your leg. I think I was too high to even communicate. I was just obsessed with the fucking open wound. It's gross. That's Why the thing you... I always liked about acid is like you're in a completely different world. But if you talk to someone, you just appear pretty normal. But you feel like you know they're not on acid. So you're just like in another. Do you know what I mean? When you're talking to like. I should have talked to him and asked him, Why aren't you wearing fucking pants? You fucking pants gross on, fuck. Yeah, put some pants on. Cover that shit up. No one wants to see it. He had gross. to air it. <laughs> air it out. Uh, anyway, people call the Sacred Hotline, 323 522 4032. We do have a second show on the Patreon, and this week we have Joe Kelly on the second show, special guest. Sorry, flippity floppity flu. Flippity floppity, yeah. flippity floppity. <laughs> uh, JoJo gives us an update on the hot sliz action he has going on in the Bay Area. 
And as I said before, a recent altercation that he got into with a homeless man uh, that he discovered is living in his building. <laughs> JoJo went all chair of justice on him. You, you'll have to hear it. Um, that's only five bucks, people. $5 a month, you get access to the second show. And for a few bucks more, um, you can get Overkill. You can also get access to our archives. Um, I recently converted the first 10 years of the show to SoundCloud playlists. It's available on Patreon, also available uh, directly off the site. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Also, if you want to get uh, some sick and wrong merch, we do have a T Public store. Um, you know, the, uh, the T Public rep reached out to me on some kind of weird promotion that she has planned for us because I guess she said that the Make Abortion Great Again shirt and the Bish shirt, she's like, you got some other new designs. I really want to promote Stinkor. them. Stinkor. The Stinkor shirt. Stinkor shit. What did you think He's of the Stinkor shirt? Stinkor. What? I thought it was cool. I almost bought you that, but instead <laughs> I ended up getting him a Morrissey no, shirt for his birthday. I like the Morrissey you one. You two have Mor- such a lovely I don't need, romance. I don't need to be reminded of Stinkor. You wouldn't wear that Stinkor shirt? I thought it was pretty artistically uh No, impressive. I think it's cool, but I mean, for me personally, <laughs> I don't, don't need to, to be reminded. put it on and just think of, of that. What would I would you... love is that you'd wear the Stinkor t-shirt, you'd be walking down the streets, and then who are you going to see? <laughs> Stinkor. Stinkor. And she's going to be like, well, I like your shirt. What does it mean? Right. And it's like, it's you, bitch. <laughs> you fucking stink. It's one of those like olfactory memories that, that yeah. he's going to see the Stinkor shirt and it's going to remind him of the uh, <gasps> the gagging. <gasps> the gagging. The Indian anyway, herbs that she shoves up herself. Go to stinkeroundpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope and uh, check out the Tea Pope store. Uh, finally, here's Sing Wrong Song of the Week. Kate found a perfect song, very appropriate to uh, end the show. Uh, the Mummies. The Mummies with a band. song called Stronger See, Than you're Dirt. You're talking about fucking grunge coming out when there was good shit like this at the time. Oh, The Mummies are a great band. Great band. Fuck Garage yeah. Rock band from San Bruno. Um, I, I've seen them a few times in uh, San Francisco, but very reminiscent of the Sonics. Um, and a uh, good band. Their first show was at the Chi-Chi Club in San Francisco. <gasps> no way. Yeah, in December 1988. Uh, the mummies are known for their matching mummy costumes, which is basically toilet paper wrapping <laughs> uh, that they wore on stage and their attitude. You know, I was reading that they used to, like, a lot of their, most of their equipment is just bought from a thrift store. Or, yeah. or they used to steal um, from shitty venues that were dicks to them. They would just steal shit. Yeah, that was the no effects way as well. Yeah, great, great band. Great band. People, go check it out. Uh, we're going to end the show with The Mummies, Stronger Than Dirt, from their album Never Been Caught, which came out in 1992. We'll be back next week with episode 847. Till then, take it sleazy.
Academy? I did not grow up with the Police Academy movies. I didn't actually see the first Police Academy until I was about 18. So that's a bit fucking old to see that film. And I was just kind of a bit like. Uh, yeah, the, the first two are the best, yeah. but I remember watching it as a kid. So, like. And I loved it as a kid, but have you tried to watch it? No. no. It's kind of like. It's like Labyrinth. It's like watching I didn't see Re- Labyrinth until I was like 23, and I was like, this is fucking awful. It's more like watching Revenge of the Nerds. Like when you watch Revenge of the Nerds still now, good. that's yeah, good. So, same same with Police Academy. He, it's still kind of good. He basically like tricks the girl into having sex. It's kind of rapey, right? It is kind of rapey because she there... she thinks she's having sex with her boyfriend because he's wearing a mask. Yeah, but he ends up having sex with her. And yeah. then afterwards, he takes the mask off, and she was like, "Oh my god!" I remember uh, being quite excited by that scene. Yeah, I'm getting excited right now. <laughs> Thinking about it, some girls. It was a will. hot scene. Some girls won't. 